Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. Welcome once again to Marvelous Monday. It is great to be right back here again this Monday as we continue our series on Black Lives Matter and the things that are going on in our country. So before we get started, we are saying that uh, our engineer is going to be out tonight, so it's going to be all me. And hopefully uh, some of our other co-hosts will be coming in later on, Mr. Arthur and whomever. I don't know, Mr. Arthur, if you're there, you can go ahead and let me know uh, by raising your hand or saying something. Otherwise, it's great to be right back here again today. We always miss Miss Rihanna when she's not on with us. And uh, we say take good care of yourself because we're going to be a grandmother, so we want to make certain that she takes uh, great care of herself and uh, get as much rest as she needs so that the baby will be healthy and she will be healthy. So we're so excited today to uh, have uh, some of our members of Black Lives Matter here locally, here in Tyler, Texas, uh, who've been out there on that battlefield, uh, making sure that justice uh, prevails. And so we appreciate them for being on with us tonight. I believe I have a couple of them on with me tonight. So uh, if you haven't already pressed one, go ahead and press one and come on into the queue. So, but yes, okay. So, who is that, Miss Natasha? Is that Miss uh, Mr. Shackleford? Which one? Mr. Shackleford. Mr. Shackleford. Hello. Thank you, thank you, and Mr. Cornelius Shackleford. That's going to be on with us today, and of course, Miss Natasha Ward is going to be on with us as well. Miss Natasha, are you there? Okay, and Mr. Arthur, are you there? Mr. Arthur. Yeah, how you doing today? How you doing? Come on, good. Come on in. Fine. How are you doing? It's one of our co-hosts, Mr. Arthur, out of Dallas, Texas. So, um, so how's everything going on in Dallas, Texas? Oh well, you know, as you all know, we 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 just flowing with the nation right now. We're flowing with the flowing with the nation. Flowing with a lot the of, nation. Uh, yeah, yes, a lot of uh, area uh, of, of services for Floyd. One in uh, Mesquite last week, uh, Grand Prairie, NAACP did something. Grand Prairie, uh, NAACP did something Sunday. Uh, Grand Prairie, NAACP did something Mesquite. Uh, me and a group, we're going to be doing something out here in Lancaster later on this week. I, we, we, we're nailing all down. We're going to do something out here in Lancaster. So there's some other activities planned in Dallas also. So, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's going to go for a minute. Okay, good deal. Well, we've been nonstop down here um, tomorrow, uh, which is actually doing the final uh, services for the late Mr. George Floyd. We're going to have a balloon release at noon on tomorrow, and I'm going to speak there at that with the Texas African American Museum for those that are listening out there that are in East Texas and in Tyler in particularly. And then we had a, a candlelight prayer night vigil on last Tuesday. 
And so things have, things have just been continuous to go on. And these fine young folks, uh, Mr. Arthur, that we have on with us tonight have actually been amazing out there. Uh, they kind of remind me of when we were younger and when we were out there every day. But we, guess what? We, we're still been out there. I, I share with people and share with the media that in the last three years, we've been involved in probably about five different uh, marches uh, in regards to equality and and equality for women. And the last one was actually in February. We uh, took a bus load of people out to Selma, Alabama, and thank God that none of us got COVID because we were it's over 10,000 or so of us walking across that bridge in Selma, Alabama, the Edna Pettus Bridge. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were hand in hand, all in each other's way. And uh, all on the bus, the bus loaded down with all of us. And so uh, it's interesting that nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Thank God for that. None of us have gotten sick. Uh, Amen. So from, from that trip. Yes, yes. And then, of course, we, we marched from from Texas to uh, protests all the way into Washington, D.C., down to Austin, Texas, Houston, Texas, and all over. And we're going to talk a little bit about some cases that are right here in East Texas, but I don't know if this ward is on. And, and let me just say that if you're not if you're not speaking, if you can always mute your phone because you can, you can always hear the background noises uh, that's being picked up in the background so if you can get into a, a quiet area where no one is around and kind of get into a still area, then that way we can get a good recording. And if you always want to go back and listen to your recording, then you can. Okay, I just thought Miss Natasha, go ahead, start, say hello to us. Miss Natasha Ward is on with us uh, tonight as well, one of the Black Lives Matter uh, organizers here in Tyler. How are you doing, ma'am? I'm great. How are you guys doing today? Oh, we're great. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we're going to get started uh, right away, and then we're going to kick off uh, by saying once again that uh, our prayers go out to uh, Mr. Floyd's family. Uh, you know, they've been through a lot moving from one place to the next place. And, and the, the, the crucial part of this whole thing that I think, but I, that's going to be a question that I'm going to ask our special guest, Mr. Arthur, and if you have uh, questions that you want to ask of them, you can jump in at any point in time that you want. But I'm going to start with you, Mr. Cornelius. Uh, so this is your first time on, and so we appreciate your being on with us tonight on Marvelous Monday. We're uh, headquartered out of Houston, Texas, but we have about 3 million listeners all over the world, everywhere, that listens to this show every Monday night. So I'm going to start out first by allowing, if you would introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are and whatever it is that you want us to know about you, and then we'll go from there. Go ahead, sir. Okay, awesome. So my name is Cornelius Shockford. Uh, I live here in Tyler, Texas. Uh, I'm an athletic trainer and also have an online uh, juice cleanse uh, business called a Caribbean Wave Juice Bar. So uh, what my passion is, is is the youth and getting in the community and uh, creating different programs for the youth, but also uh, health and wellness, making sure that everybody's aware of you know, what's really going on within their body, making sure they know how to take care of themselves so we're not getting uh, things like diabetes, high cholesterol, uh, things of that nature that are really killing us every day. So those oh, are my great. passions. So you're a, right, you're a small business owner then? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so do you have a location? 
So, uh, no, ma'am, I, my, with my training company, so I, I partner with uh, different schools, and I train. I just come in and train the kids, or, and, I, and I train at a different, uh, different uh, turf fields here in Penn Tower. And then our, okay. our juice bar is completely online, just online-driven. Uh, Scott, yes, Scott, yes. Okay, you can t- And the name of your company? Uh, the Next Level Elite Athletic Training and then Caribbean Wave Juice Bar. Okay, very good. So then tell us how you got involved in Black Lives Matter. And it, is this the first time, your first involvement in Black Lives Matter? Yes, ma'am. Uh, how I got involved is I seen what happened. I was um, I was extremely disturbed, and I knew we had to do something. When I seen, I got with a couple other uh, of our, our young organizers, and we decided that we had to start moving, and we wanted to start organizing to where we can actually make a difference here locally. And so, because we, we've been seeing some things that we wanted to change a long time ago, we just didn't know how to change them. And so okay. this was this really was felt like the right time to get out and um and, and, and help and kinda of create and create some awareness here at home. Um because it, like I said, there's some things that, you know, that we feel like that needs to, to change and we wanted to and none of us really knew anything about the politics side of things. We just wanted to take action and then learn whatever we could on the way and that's kinda of what we're doing right now. Uh we're learning a ton on the fly. And uh, you know, being able to you know, rub shoulders with, with people like you and and some of the other council members, uh, we had a, a a pretty productive meeting last night at College Hill, and um, it was just phenomenal to get in there and kind of hear the the voices of the leaders and put faces to names and and things of that nature. Sure. But so it's it's been it's been pretty good. Very good. And I'm so sorry I was not able to be at that meeting, had another another Zoom on last night at 6 o'clock, so I was not able to be there at 6.30 with you guys. So after you, uh, after you sat in and you listened to that meeting of some of our leaders uh, here and our community leaders and our elected officials here in the city, what was your takeaway? My takeaway is that we need to, we need to be more in solidarity. We need to be more in unity. There's a lot of different groups, a lot of different organizations within our community, but a lot of people want to go a lot of different ways and a lot of people want to do it themselves. So we have to get away from that as people and come together and bring all of our organizations and have one common goal. What's our, what's our end goal? You know, instead of, you know, this group's doing something, but I don't like what they're doing. So let's go create something else. We got to get out of that. That's the evil spirit. And, and I think that's what we're trying to get away from. I think that we took a, a big step toward that last night. Like I say, I didn't know a lot of these organizations existed, but that seemed to be what was going on. And and um, I, I'm happy that we're taking some positive steps. Excellent. So, I, I'm, so, I'm just delighted. So, I'm so delighted to – just a minute, uh, Mr. Arthur. I'm so delighted to hear you say that because everybody that's on this show, that's been on this show, knows that that has been my message for years. I say that there are so many organizations, and I said that we need to bring and, – and somebody wants to do this. And, somebody, and basically most people have the same goal, a lot of the same goals, but what I always said is that we need to, to bring a consortium together, a coalition, so that – 
we're stronger in numbers when all of these various organizations come together. We can accomplish so much more because we're so much stronger in number rather than this one doing this for this time and this one doing that the next time and so forth and so on. So thank you so much for bringing that. I'm going to have some more questions, but we'll hear from Mr. Arthur. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, the, what's your name again? What's your name, name again, young man? Oh, Car- Cornelius Shackleford. Cornelius, okay, yeah, yeah, Cornelius. So, okay, you're a young organizer, uh, because and because I don't want you to burn out too soon. Uh, I, I want you to, uh, I want you to pace yourself, and I want you to, uh, you know, when you're organizing people, you know, you, you know, you, you know, just like you know, both of y'all said, it's a lot of people doing a lot of different things, uh, and you want to get them all together, but but the fact of the matter is, if you're waiting on that, you won't do nothing. So what you have to do is. Uh, recognize those groups and 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 coalition with them on issues. You know, some of those folks you don't want them in. You you don't want them in your coalition. I mean, you don't want them up on you all day. I'm not, I'm just saying. So, uh, you know, so just kind of look at it as a as a coalition building type of operation. If you do it like that, and then and then coalition around the issues and the issues that you deal with. Make sure they have a moral authority core to them. If they don't have a moral authority core, you shouldn't be doing it. So just kind of organize your program around, again, moral authority issues. Right. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that. Uh, We're going to bring Ms. Natasha in so she can join in on this conversation uh, as well. Ms. Natasha, uh, you can actually answer the same question that we asked uh, Mr. Cornelius, and 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 then we're going to dialogue a little bit more on on the uh, coalition of organizations coming together. Because uh, Mr. Arthur said something very powerful, and so we want to see we want to dialogue on how we can work on working together and 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 coming together as a unit. Because I still say that we're stronger in number, but Mr. Arthur has a very very strong point. There are some people you may not want to coalesce with. Miss Natasha? Well, response. I was at that meeting also last night. I was at that meeting okay, also what was last your night. Takeaway? And that was one of the biggest things, once again, that there were so many organizations. Like I said, I was a, what got me started here, What I didn't know anything. You know, I don't know anyone out here. So what got me, of course, was the, the death, but we've seen plenty of deaths. But this one really touched, you know, just me being a mother when, like I said, he called out for his mother. So I had to get involved. And um, like I said, I got a message from the ladies, and that's how I got involved. Now, one of the women that I'm associated with reached out, like she said last night, she said she reached out to some people to see how, you know, what can we do, how can we get this started and she was turned down, you know, she was turned down. No, you can't do this. Who told you you can do this, you know? And so oh, really? that's what made her, well, you know what? Let me, I'm I'm just, we're just going to get together and we're just going to march, you know? I'm going to do what's right and I'm going to make my, you know, make my way down there. And that's what got her to reach out to us. And we just said, well, you know what? We're going to come with you. So, like I said, I didn't know about any of the other organizations. And, but... Since this has happened, everybody on, I want to say, pretty much on the younger side has gotten together. Mm-hmm. I remember, I, I've seen you, um, Cornelius. 
Yeah. I've seen you out there. So I, I mean, and we've, I've seen him on the square, and I'm pretty sure on the uh, Broadway Mall over there too. And right. you know, even together, there's like a bunch of groups that are are there. You know, it's just the fact of how we're going to change, how we're going to move on to the next step. That's that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing. What happens after the protest? Yeah, let me say this to them. Uh, let me say this to them right quick. Uh, hey, look here, young folks. I'm glad to see you. If y'all wasn't doing, if y'all wasn't doing all the organizing and all these groups popping up, I'd be disappointed. I really would. I would be. Uh, I would in, be every, in, in every movement, in every movement, if you go back and check them out, that's what happens. Different groups pop up. And, and, and you know, some of them going to make it, some of them going to gravitate to other organizations like the NAACP, some of them going to do other things. But, uh, you know, when we come to, you know, as long as y'all are showing up, uh, again, talking to each other, uh, you, you, you know, starting these groups, it's, it's our job, it's our job to help y'all develop. You know, you ain't be because you're not wrong. And and like I told a white guy the other day that called me, you know, telling me, you know, why don't you talk to him? I said I did, and they said they don't want to do what we did, and I don't blame them. So uh, again, let me, let me you know, jump, I, can I jump in? Right, let me let me jump yeah. in on on just here's here's what I see in this whole thing with Mr. Floyd. Mr. Arthur and I, guys, let me let you know that Mr. Arthur and I have been protesting and marching since the cows came home. The first pro- the first counter I sat in on in Omaha, Nebraska, I was 15 years of age, 15. I was in finishing my ninth grade year, getting ready to go into my sophomore year in high school. And they were, they were marching uh, downtown Omaha, Nebraska. And we saw them across the street, and we went over to say, ask them questions, what's going on, da da da, so forth and so on. What what are you guys doing? And they said they don't want us to sit in at this counter at Crestie, and then they want people to go to the back door. And so these were employees that went out on strike, and so we started to to carry signs with them and say, yeah, we want to help you with that. So we've always been involved out there. What I'm troubled by is that someone said to you, you can't do this. I mean, who has that? That's your right. That's your constitutional right right to protest any issues that you see that needs to be talked about. Now, the other thing with the the organization is that I I still say we're, we're stronger in number if we work together as a team, but there are some people are going to, there, there's too many Indians, too many chiefs and not enough Indians. And so what I look at is that even though you always have to have somebody to lead the way, but we don't have to have, we, you don't have to have 25 different people. And, and what I'm saying is that all of these different organizations have presidents and they have offices and so forth. Well, just because you serve as an officer uh, at this particular organization does not necessarily mean that you have to be that leader. It could not be anybody that's that's officers in these organizations. It could be one of you guys who may not even have an organization that's a part there. And so, so we have to learn how to work closer together with one another and then see what our end goal is. And our end goal has always been equality and justice for all mankind. We fought that in the uh, Mr. Arthur. Go ahead. 
Shirley, 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 think of it like this. Think of it like this. Uh, you know, we at this dance. You know, we all just got together and came to this dance. And 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 you know, and, and again, you know, this is my first time really seeing it. So you know, just imagine. You know, this just this is everybody coming together uh, at this at this dance. And and right now we get to know each other. Uh, you know, you, you know, some folks gonna leave with somebody. Some folks ain't. So. Uh, you know, you know, we just need to just encourage these young people though to tell them, hey, look, y'all on the right track. Don't accept that stuff. Don't accept uh, your will power being wheeled over to another group of white privileged generationals. You see what I'm saying? So you know, don't put up with it. Uh, right. Uh, and uh, stay with it. Just stay with it. Well, the, the, the thing about the thing about me is I I, I am kind of stubborn. And so when, like, some older people came to me and said, hey, we want to move to the mall. And I said, absolutely, we can do it. I'll put it, put the word out. They said, we'll ask the mayor. The mayor said, yes. I said, okay, cool. So I said, it up. I told about 300 people we were going to be at the mall. I get a call at midnight, and we can't be at the mall because they're getting blowback. They want me to move it. I said, listen, y'all wanted me to do it. I told them where I'm going to be. I'm going to be there. So. Mm-hmm. Whatever y'all have to do on the political side, that's not my job. I, I I want their help, but I'm not asking for the permission, if that makes sense. Because we're doing, we're not doing mm-hmm. anything that's wrong. Like you said, it's our constitutional right to be there, and we're on public property. We're not on pop, private property. We're doing exactly what we know we can do. Now we'd like their help. We'd like the police department to get behind us and uh, you know be there if they if if they can, but we're gonna be there. And you can't call us at midnight and say change it. Well, here, here's the deal, Mr. Cornelius. Actually, the mall is not public property. The mall is private property. So when I you have are a take protesting, on that too. when you have yeah, when you when you're protesting, you must be on public property unless you've been given permission to be on private property. So, so actually, the Simons own the mall. So that was that was the issue. I, I actually received a lot of phone calls in regards to to uh, being the mom, and so uh, hey, I hey, think. Hey, so hey, what hey, happened? Sir, just a minute. This is, wait, just a second, Miss Arthur. Just a second, please. So then they said, "Well, we're going to be on the sidewalk," and I said, "Well, there's actually no sidewalks out there, so you can't march from you can't really march in the streets unless they unless they close off the streets so that you can march on the streets. So then I think it was finally decided that you guys could be on the grass. So I videoed the entire evening, and then we had the of course we had the Democratic table set up out there so that we could register people because that's the end game. But I'm going to ask you what your end goals are in just a second. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. Okay, now was this a march that had already happened, or this something that's going to happen? No, it, it's already happened. Okay, so it okay, already happened. So the survey thing turned out okay. Yeah, yes, yeah, they yeah, were able to be on. They were able to be on the grass. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that didn't happen uh, like anyway, that young, either. Anyway, young man, young man, I want you to know that that move right there that you that they dealt with, let's call a bamboozle. Oh, I know it. In other words, yeah, yeah, that was a bamboozle. So, you know, like she said, you know, plan your event. You know, you can be on public property, so. Exactly. Plan your events on public property. 
and don't exactly. let them bamboos you and get you, you know, get you in that well, position. They, well, actually, they, they, Mr. Arthur, actually they assisted them so that they could not be on that private property because they put a the police department put a uh, sign out so that people would slow down to know that there was foot traffic uh, in the mall area. And that was a good thing. And then, but they still ended up actually. There was people parking on the parking lot of the of the uh, mall, and then the um, mm-hmm. the grass actually probably was part of. I don't know. I think I guess it's part of the public property. I don't know. But go ahead, Miss uh, Natasha. You wanted to say something in regards to that. Um, one of the ladies when we talked about that in in the little group that I'm in. <laughs> One of the ladies did ask for permission to go over there, and I think I was on the show last time when I told you I said we're having a march. Remember on lunch, and I said we're having mm-hmm. a march. Um, we're having a protest here at the mall, and you told me the same thing. Well, one of the ladies I came out and went and asked about permission to come over, you know, to protest over there at the mall. She got a no. <laughs> now it was another lady, another white lady, who actually talked to some people and got us the clearance to go in there. We had to stay on the sidewalk right there by on the border. It was on the border and that whole area on the right-hand side, and we had to stay off the grass. We were told not to get on the grass. Mm-hmm. I think I think we were told that a couple of times. Make sure you guys stay off this grass because we didn't get permission to be on the grass. So they let us, but mm-hmm. we had, you know, we had limitations on what, what we can do. Yeah, because oh, it actually my. because actually those areas like where you guys were standing in front of on the border, all of that, that entire part belongs to on the border. And then when you move on over uh, to the south, then that grass area actually is all part of, it belongs to the mall area. But because the police department and the sheriff department spoke with, with them, that's why you guys were able to stand out there on the grass area of, uh, and I'm not sure about on the border, I'm on strictly talking about the mall area because the mall area is a private owned uh, location. And so it's up to them whether they say yes or no as to as far as us walking on their area protesting. Mr. Yeah, Cornelius? Is it, is it sidewalk? Is it public property there, or is it private property? Well, there is no, there, there's really no sidewalk out there, and that's what I was explaining to one of the other young ladies. Well, no, we stayed on the well there's a little, there there's a little bit of a side there's a little bit of a sidewalk there in front of on the border, but as far as the mall where the mall is, there's no sidewalk. There's only grass. So mm. my next question would be, then, okay, so this is I think the difference right now in what's going on right now is because we saw George Zimmerman. Uh, murder Trayvon Martin. We saw Mike Brown being mar- uh, murdered. Eric Gordon. All these people. But this is the very first time that the whole world has observed a police officers, several of them, four of them to be exact, to actually murder somebody right in our eyes on national television. And I believe this is what makes this so different from any of the other things that we have witnessed, because I can tell you some issues right here in East Texas, and there was no protest. We we actually, I was called in on a case out in Jasper, Texas, and and so we we talked to the Department of 
of justice and a lot of people and nothing was ever done. And so in this still case, nothing still has been done. We know about Mr. James Byrd who was drugged to death. We know how that turned out. Uh, but there's another one that happened in Jasper, Texas, that nothing has happened with that. So so now that we know and we've seen all these things down through the time, because they're not new at all, you can take it all the way back to Rodney King, all the way back to Emmett Till, and a whole lot of people down the line, right? So the question that I have with you guys tonight, then, now, what is your end goal? What do you want to see happen? Are we going to go to you first? Uh, Ms. Ward, and then we'll go to Mr. Pernier. What, what, what is the vision that you have for this new America? We're in a, we're in a new day and time. I say we're in three. First, I said we were in, in two pandemics, and then I heard my minister add another one and say we're in an economic pandemic. We know we're in a COVID-19 pandemic, and we want to re- make sure that people remember that when they're out there uh, protesting. And then we, we are in a racial uh, pandemic. So, Ms. Ward, what is what is your your goals that you'd like to see happen for the new America that we're into right now? Go ahead. Right now, how I feel and what I want to see is like, you know, we're. I feel like we're beyond marching. You know, we're we're done with marching and trying to protest because. And I brought that up. I brought that up yesterday with my group. You know, like. Um, it's okay to go on the South side all the time and protest and show our signs, you know, black lives matter. And I feel like we're, we're showing these signs to people, but they know what's going on. They've been knowing what's going on. Everybody knows what's going on in the whole world, you know, and, and we're trying to raise awareness, which we are raising a lot of awareness, but my goal now is I want to fix up my backyard. You know what I mean? I want to clean up my house. Like let, let, let's fix our neighborhood. You know, and that's where we can become and start to be stronger. And I I asked that, you know, a couple times. You know, we're doing everything over here on this side of town. Not too many of us are coming out. Not not too many of my black and brown are coming out, you know. They're not coming out to these sides of town. So I want to see, we got to do something here. And everybody keeps on pushing us to vote, vote, vote. But who, who are we voting for? Because obviously the people that we have voted – we having the same issues, the same problems over and over again. So you guys want us to vote, but this happens every election year. I mean, every every time it's time for election. So we need to start cleaning up I'm our glad, own, no, our uh, own let's area. Let's jump in there. I have to jump in here with that, and Mr. Arthur will probably as well. Yeah. First of all, the issue is that we have not voted. And then – we don't have the right people running for office. It could be one of the two of you guys. So if we don't have the right people running for office, let me share this with the two of you guys. I ran for United States Congress. I should be in Congress right now. But because we don't get out to vote and did not get out to vote, I'm not in Congress. And we have the wrong person in Congress right now, and I want to make that known, and I have not I don't bite my tongue on it. We have the wrong person in Congress right now in the SD1 district, our district here, the first district that all three of us live in, and and he's quiet as a church house mouse. He said nothing because we already know why, because. But in the meantime, we have not voted because if we had, we would have some people in office like 
Mr. Arthur and myself, who have been fighting this fight for a long time. People of color must to vote. Young people must get out to vote. We must. Mr. Arthur, go ahead, and then we're gonna uh, we're gonna let Miss Natasha finish that statement. No, we're gonna let her finish. Go ahead and finish. But I had to jump in there on on that, Miss Natasha. But go ahead. Well, once please. again, I'm not. Remember, I'm not from here, <laughs> so I don't but know. It's, but it's the same. But ma'am, it's the same thing across the nation. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's the same. Yeah. Go ahead. But I'm I'm here now, so. I'm, I'm doing go. my best to try to learn, <laughs> and I'm trying Good to job. soak it all in now because this is home Good for job. now. But um, another thing would be, like, education, educate our children, educate our communities as well. You, if we want to, if you want people to vote, come out to the, once again, come out to the communities, you know, teach, explain, help, you know, answer questions. I mean, sometimes... Uh, Nobody's going to come out and just ask, you know, what What do you do? You, I guess it's like a prideful thing out here. I, I don't know. I guess it's very prideful here. But, or, I hate to in say it. To, in regards to what? There's a lot of stuff. What, what I've realized here is just, it's a lot. Like, especially being in the South, I'm, I'm West Coast, so especially being in the South, I've just seen a lot of segregation, a lot of quietness. To me, it's a lot of quietness here, you know. So um, people aren't asking questions. You know, they they don't want to. They don't want to know. They want change, but how do you go about change? You know, that that's just what I see here. I'm gonna go look and for let, it. Let say, I'm gonna let Mr. Arthur speak uh, to you, but it all. But but if you when you do a round robin and circle back, it's gonna circle you right back to the voting booth. So go ahead, Mr. Arthur, and then we'll go to Mr. Arthur. Yeah. If you're the, the first, I want to say to y'all that the, the the struggle is historical, not generational. Historical. There you go. There you and go. And each generation, each generation builds upon the next. Okay. That's right. Uh, what what we got up to this point, you know, we got you know, from the last thrust, we got a black president out of it. Now we have, now this is like the third reconstruction. So now it's time to to get all our rights, as Martin was saying. You know I me, mean? so so uh, so so that's where we are now. So y'all have to understand. Uh, first of all, you know, know your history, okay? Like the young lady, okay? You just got there. You need to find out about the civil rights history of Tyler, Texas. That's it's exactly deep. correct. Yeah, I do. <laughs> it's Real deep. deep. Real deep. You know, see, so y'all need to study where you know. So you need to learn the area that you're in, and then uh, and, and then and then you start to do what you're gonna do. Uh, you know, it'll make it more powerful. Uh, and then look at y'all need to understand too that power and speech nothing without demand. Frederick Douglass uh, never have, never will. So uh, it, it's that constant pressure. It's how we get get to where we're going. It's a constant thing. We we may hit it, we may never see the victory, but the victory be somewhere else down the road. So understand you're a part of that kind of thing. So it's not like well it's been like that forever, and you know we keep voting and don't nothing happen. Uh, we vote a we, we vote a lot more now than we ever have, and we're getting better at it. And so, you know, that's one thing you can do. You can help us get better at that. Now, as we redo this economy, because you know, as they rebuild it, there's three things we got to have: we got to have access to capital, got to have access to healthcare, got to have access to education. So uh, that's what that's what I'm gonna be pushing for. And that's what, uh, you know, I hope you all are going to be pushing for. But, again, learn your history, then that way if you 
perceive, you have a better uh, view, you know, of where you're at. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Arthur. And I'm going to ask each one of you guys, when you're not speaking, if you would mute your phone, because I hear all the background noise so that we can have a good, clean uh, recording and uh, podcast, and then you can go back and then you can you can listen to yourself. Uh, Mr. Cornelius, uh, same question. What What is your end goal? What do you What do you want to see happen after this? Because I, I guarantee you, and I say this unequivocally, that we're where we are today because of what everybody observed uh, watching uh, Mr. Floyd being murdered on national television right in our faces. We heard him take his last, we saw him take his last breath and heard him calling to his mother. And then this guy remained on his neck two minutes after he'd already taken his last breath. What would you like to see happen? And I'm going to mute my phone and I'm asking everybody else to mute their phones, please. Go ahead, Mr. Cornelius. Well, I'd like to see, I'd like to see the, the police academy taken up. I'd like to see a lot of the stuff taken out. I'd like to see that, that, that technique taken out of the academy. I'd like to see a lot of the chokeholds taken out. I'd like to see more patience and briefing because more, more times than not, I see the second officer more aggressive than the first. And so you're not even getting any information. I'd like to see the mental side of the academy turn it up a little bit. There's no reason why it should take longer to become a barber than it should than it takes to become a police officer. I like to see a lot of those stuff changed. I like to see that those are the things that are problems. I don't think that the police should have quotas either. I don't think that they should have quotas per month on arrest or tickets. And I've heard several times that they do. I think that we yeah. should really look into a lot of those things because there's nothing more dangerous than a police officer who needs an arrest. And where they go to, to to get those arrests, they can't go to the upper communities. They can't go to the, the communities that, you know, have big, nice houses and mansions and kids playing outside. They can't go to those communities because they'll get kicked out. The mayor will get called and they'll get removed. So they police our communities. And they have more in, in, in contact and engagements with our with our kids and our young, our young communities. So I like to see a lot of that stuff change immediately. And okay. That's the huge thing. And secondly, I like to see police get charged like we get charged. I like to see the fraternity, which is the police department, not be protected by the powers that be. They should be charged just like anybody else. They're the best among us that we choose to to have them protect and serve. They're supposed to be the best, the best among us. We can't give them special privileges. My mom used to tell me, all the time. Be careful who you hang out with because if they rob a bank, you're going to go to jail just like they're going to go to jail. And not, and now you're seeing that that's not the case in the police department. They can be in a, a flat-out gang and one person may get arrested and he doesn't even get convicted. So I'd like to see that part change immediately. I think I don't know why they have instant immunity or why everybody doesn't get charged, but that's simple raise your child adequate. I, I think that they should be held accountable for all of that. That's from the law enforcement side is what I want from all this. Uh, from a community side, I agree with the voting. I agree that, you know, we don't vote. Our, our, my, my, my class, the millennial generation, we're, we're, we just don't vote. We, don't, we have no clue what's going on. We don't know who our local official, officials are. 
and we just don't go to the polls. But like Ms. Dasha said, most people, most of my community, most of our generation, I should say, don't know who our elected officials are. And we don't see their names until they're on ballots, until it's time to vote. And so at that point, there's a distrust situation. They don't trust the people because all they haven't, haven't seen you in the community, and they, they just don't know you. And not say you, but, like, you know, just the local officials. So the, the, for, for the millennial generation, they just don't trust the people that are, are running it might be the wrong people running. Like you said, it might be the wrong people on the ballot. Maybe we got to get the right people on there that actually get out and, and be able to be active and, and meet them where they are because that's the only really way. So, so, really so, so what you going to do about it? Oh. So what you going to do about it? Who, what you going to do about it? You, because you, <laughs> you, you scrap the problem eloquently. <laughs> what you going to do about it? That's what you I want to know. You said what? <laughs> what you going to do about it? What I'm going to do about it? Yeah. I'm 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 organizing right now, and I'm learning everything that I can right now because I've never been in the politics, never wanted to, never had the the urge to scratch the itch. Uh, you said I okay. You said okay. You said uh, that that uh, that they don't know nobody, and that they uh, you know you know so 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 what are you gonna do to help them recognize to connect them to the voting situation? You know, for one, how how are you gonna get them to? Pay attention more. You, 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 you any kind of plan? I think I, I think I think right now is the time that I can get their attention locally. I think that we're doing what we're doing now. I just share, mm-hmm. you know, what we do. I, I I really been working under the scenes and been kind of leading this thing, and nobody really known that I was I was doing it until they start putting me on the news. And so now, I'm 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 actually sharing what we're doing now. The awareness is going crazy. People are actually like, oh my God, this is going on in college. This is this is a big deal. So now our community, so we was protesting, and our community was at a trail ride. Now that that's, that's an issue, but it's also it's also the culture. So I can go to a trail ride that, that's how I grew up. So I can go meet them where they are, and I can bring the protest to them. I go first protest the trail ride. Don't don't make me that. And they'll sit there and they'll listen. But I think that it's time to get creative and stuff like that. And it takes the right people mm-hmm. to be able to go to those trail rides and, and talk to those people. So now, like I say, I'm I'm learning as much as I can right now. But I have an obsessive personality, so if I decide to latch on anything, I'm latched on, and I'm latched on right now. So. Give me whatever I can. I'm, I'm, I'm just here to learn. Mr. Cornelius, hey, I want to share something. Can I share something with you, Mr. Cornelius? Yeah, okay. I, I spoke to 4,000 trail riders right here in Tyler, Texas, about how important it was, in, in Chapel Hill to be exactly, of how important it is for them to get to the polls to the 4,000 of them. So we've been to the, we've been to the trail riders and everybody to talk to them about how, and, and, and I'm going to tell you why else, I'm going to tell you why our young people, and not just young people, even, even senior people, middle-aged people, I'm going to tell you why they don't know who their elected officials are, because they're not involved in their community. And you said, I don't get involved, you don't get involved in politics. 
and I say everything is political. That's my message. I've always pushed that. When people say to me, I don't get involved in politics, I say, well, you must don't live on this earth because, trust me, everything is political from your job uh, from from Wall Street to Main Street, even in your neighborhood. Everything is political. So it, it behooves us to get involved in what is going on communities because all politics is local and all politics affect us. If we're not downtown at City Hall and we're not at City Council in front of County Commission Court, that's why we don't know who these people are because believe me, these people, these some of these elected officials are out there in the communities because those in the African American community live in the African American community. So that's why it's so important for us to be involved in what is going on in our community, and then we're going to know. Now, my question I'm going to ask you guys, because Mr. Cornelius just outlined to me what he'd like to see happen. It was, it was outstanding. And he talked about laws. Do you know who Ms. Karen Bass is? Does he, either yes, the two of you know Karen Bass? Nope. That's probably not the same. And, 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 and let me tell you, I'm telling you, Ms. Natasha should know. I don't know how, much, how long Ms. Natasha's been out of California, but she lives in California. She should know who Ms. Karen Bass is. Ms. Karen Bass just wrote, she's authoring a bill, just that same bill that Mr. Cornelius just said that he'd like to see happen. Because what we're going to have to do, uh, uh, guys, is that we're going to have to be aggressive. Uh, in our laws and our policies, because the African American community has been disenfranchised too long. Mr. Arthur knows that because we've been fighting, fighting for these things down through the times. Uh, the, the, the first, the first issue that we really saw as young folk is what happens with Rodney King in Los Angeles, California, on the streets. There to see how they beat him to a pulp. That was disturbing to us to be to have to watch that because we saw it on on national television just like we saw Mr. Floyd. But the only way that we are going to be able to affect real change is that we have to get involved in our community. Comment, Natasha. We'll go to we'll go to you and then we'll go to back to uh, Mr. Cornelius and then uh, Mr. Arthur has something to say, Miss Natasha. Well, like Cornelius said, I. He's never. He, I've never been involved in politics. This is all something new to me. So I see I have a lot of research to do. I'm taking notes now. So um, yeah, because it, it's a lot, and I don't want to give up. I don't want to give up because I do want to see change. So I just you that's all I have to do. That. Yeah, you, you said what I'm saying. You can affect that change too. You can, and I'm so grateful to see you guys. Uh, hitting the streets, getting out there, but we got, and that you were at that meeting last night. That was outstanding because those people that you saw at that meeting last night are people that are out there in the community. They're members of the NAACP. They're elected officials who are in the county and in the city who are actually, and then the pastors and the preachers. When I was growing up, and Mr. Arthur can tell you this as well, we always, in the African-American community, we always went to the churches. My grandfather, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Irwin Street here in Tyler, Texas. That's my five generations great-grandfather. But my grandfather was one of the ones who helped to remove the Jim Crow signs out of Smith County, the colored-only, white-only signs. And they did that by fighting. That was a revolution that went on 
at that time. And so as Mr. Arthur says, new generations come along, new generations come along, and you feed off of what happened in the past, and then you gravitate on what you can do for the future. Uh, Mr. Cornelius, comment. Uh, yes. Um, I was informed today that our voting booth on the north side of town, which is where we really need to affect change, our voting booth was in the juvenile detention center. I don't well, see how that's yeah, that this okay. time, this last time, this last time, it was because the state said that they needed to spread out, and so we were upset that they thought they had to spread into the juvenile justice center, and people were saying, "Why should I go to jail uh, to vote?" Uh, that there was some other places that they could have found. They own the county decides where the voting locations are, right? And so they decided that they were going to use their facility out there. Well, that was that was fine for the people that work there. They just had to go down to the lobby and vote. But that was basically the only people that actually went into that facility. Well, we have a lot of other. That's not the only location that we have in North Tyler. That was just an added location that they were told they needed to add one more location in the North Tyler area. Go ahead. Uh, I, I just think that's a form of voter suppression. If, if they wanted to vote, they, they probably weren't going to go in there anyway. And I of think it's an insult to the Hispanic community to say, hey, you mm-hmm. got to go to jail to go vote if you're going to vote. Yeah, we had we debated so, that on, right here, right here on Marvelous Monday. We debated that, and we were upset about it. And uh, but it, it, but everything that we did, it did not change, and we went, we made sure that people continue to go voting in, in the location because you know it doesn't matter where you, where you vote in in you know you can vote any place in any voting right, location. Are they going to use it again? I don't know. Are they going to use it again? I don't know. Well, see, that's the issue. You can go ahead and get on Black Lives Matter. Say no, y'all need to get yeah. on the spot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That'd be something I address immediately. Hey, yeah. doctor, but by uh, the uh, same token, don't don't allow because guess what? Like I said, the only people that went there, they what what their focus was is the Hispanic community because that's basically who lives. It's not that many people who live around and in that area, anyways. But those that live in there are the Hispanic community, and so they wanted to add a voting area in the in, in that particular area didn't mean that it had to be in that location because we found some other places that it could have been in, but because they own that building, they said we don't have to pay anybody. We can just use our building. And that's something that we can talk to the county commissioners about. That's that's who makes that decision. The county judge, the county commission, and your election uh, administrator are the ones who make the decision on where the locations are. Mostly voting is held in schools, and churches and community centers. Isn't that county that's clerk a also available? That's a big area that we need to what, what clerk, I, I'm sorry, what was that now? The uh, county clerk, uh, aren't they also responsible for that? No, it's really the election. It's really the election. The election administrator here, which is Karen. Karen, um, what's Miss Karen's last name? I can't think of her last name right now. And your count, your county judge and your county clerk, uh, working in with the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. 
they make the decision. Karen Nelson is her name, election administrator here in Tyler. Hey, hey, look, you told me to, to you know, tell you about our own I Can't Breathe, so I want to give you all the information on that here in a minute. Hmm. Well, why, you why are you doing – go ahead. Are you going to do it now? Yeah, well, you want me to do it now? Because yeah. if they're here now, are they going to stay for the whole two hours? We can stay for the whole two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go ahead and tell us now, and then we're going to go back because I still have more questions that I want to ask of them. Because this is this is this is very serious for me uh, because I, things that that we've been working really hard at trying to make happen. Uh, I, unfortunately, Mr. Floyd had to lose his life for this whole world, not just even mm-hmm. America, but all across the world. People are protesting because they see the wrong things that are going on in our country. Um, but go ahead, Mr. Arthur, if you want to share with what you guys are doing here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now, our version of uh, of, of, of uh, George Floyd is uh, his name is uh, wait, wait, hold up. That's his name is Fabio Ambler. Hold up, one second, one second, because I'm I'm going to call his name right. Okay, Javier Ambler. That's okay, right. Okay. Uh, driving home and from playing poker on March 28, 2019. Uh, you, you go to the you can go to the Austin the the, the KVUE Defender at Austin Statesman Austin American Statesman where you can put up you can see the video where uh, where uh, the, they they did their own version of I Can't Breathe you know they 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 basically kill him and so mm-hmm. they have the you know there's a raw video if anybody want to look at it uh, now uh, as far as like uh, let's see where the case let's see pursuit investigation where the case stands. Uh, I think right now they're. Let's see, let's see. Uh, the first of all, I was going to tell you, tell you a little bit about him. Uh, he was a father uh, of a four-year-old and a 15-year-old son, uh, 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 son of an Army veteran, who, and they were living outside Clean. He's a grad. He, he was. Uh, he went to Blaine College in in uh, Texas A&M, uh, Texas, Texas Prairie View A&M. Oh. So, wow. Anyway, so anyway, so uh, anyway, last March, like if anybody wants to see the video, uh, you know, this same thing happened to him. So it's just, it's just a darn shame. Yeah. Well, it, it continues. We can even talk about uh, guys, uh, Miss Natasha and Mr. Cornelius. We have uh, Mr. Alfred Wright, uh, who was actually murdered and thrown on uh, this uh, Caucasian man's property. Uh, that family reached out to me from Jasper, Texas, because at one time we had the DOJ to come in on a case that happened here in in Tyler, Texas. Uh, The young man uh, from Katrina was here and accidentally stabbed one of our teachers here and took uh, took his life. And so uh, he he had some mental issues, but they were going to send him away to prison for life. Uh, and then eventually probably take his life. Uh, but because Bishop Leroy Guillory, who is actually one of our co-hosts on this show as well, uh, we worked on that case and was able to get that young man into a mental institution. And then uh, then another case, as I mentioned, Mr. Alfred Wright. They, they said that he died of an overdose. Uh, out on somebody else's land, but but three of his fingers were removed. His eye was cut out, uh, all, and his toe was cut off. 
he was stabbed in his stomach eight times, but he but he died of an overdose, really. You know, those are the mm. kind of things that have happened. And then, of course, I'm sure you guys heard of Mr. James Bird that was drugged to death on the back of a vehicle. Have you? Do you remember that case? Yes, they was 22 <laughs> years. Uh, 22 years mm-hmm. they uh, yes. had a big uh, event down there uh, in Jasper. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So what I'd like to see happen, and then you guys can join in with me on this, but there's, I, I'm now, I don't know if you know that, I am now elected to city council here in Tyler, Texas, and I cover the Northwest District. And so I, I want to see, see this community built up. I don't want to have to drive across town. Uh, to get anything, buy anything, unless I just want to. That I want when I when I drive around Tyler, Texas, which I was born and bred in Tyler, Texas. I want to I want Tyler to look the same in all parts. That I want to see growth, economic growth. I want to see full wages. Not, not I'm not talking about I'm talking about a real living wage. And we see now during COVID-19 how uh, the service people that we depend upon, I'm a medical person, and so I, when, when I went into a facility to work, I always made sure that I got to be well acquainted with the person who was going to keep my area clean and sanitized so that the patients would be, be taken care of, and that would be our janitorial services. And then I wanted to make sure that I kept in close communication with, with the people who provided the food because I wanted my patients to be fed and fed well. And if I needed to be fed, I wanted to be fed well as well. So those are the people that I always gravitated to. And when I, and all my business owns all my businesses, I mean, I always paid more than minimum wage because who can live on that, right? I can't live on it. You can't live on it. So we need a real living wage. And then the other thing that I'd like to see happen, and you guys can tell us how you're going to help us to be able to make this happen, is that decent and affordable housing. And, and listen, every single week, and Mr. Arthur can tell you this, before COVID-19 hit, we were under the bridge because we have a real homeless issue here in Tyler, Texas. And Mr. Arthur and I are both military. I'm retired military. And so, but I see 50, at least 50 veterans that are homeless here in this city. We live in the wealthiest country in the world, and nobody should be homeless. And then I want to see the school-to-prison pipeline be taken away and provide with that education that you guys are talking about. And I can tell you this, that we have a lot of colleges have closed their doors because they fell uh, 200 students are below and they can no longer get their federal funding, and so they had to close their doors. But we can keep prisons open on the backs of human beings and mostly uh, people of color, but we can't keep schools open to educate more people. And then we have to be really aggressive in these laws and policies and all these things that you guys are talking about and changing the way that we police uh, in this country. Policemen were always peace officers, right? Not what we see today. They're supposed to be keeping the peace. My uncle was one of the first five African-Americans to become a police officer in Tyler, Texas, and they never, they never fired a weapon on anyone. Comments. We'll go to you first, Mr. Carnarius, and then we'll go to uh, Ms. Natasha. Uh, I, I love what, what you're saying. I love all that. Uh, I'd like to see uh, North Tyler uh, grow uh, economically, too. Um, the thing that really got my attention 
uh, from politics was two years ago when I seen the zones change on the schooling, and I watched them manipulate a system to take half of our kids to the other side of town. Mm-hmm. I really, I, I really didn't understand how it happened without us knowing anything about it uh, before and say after it happened. And I think that it was strategically done. And now we're in a situation to, to where if even if a family starts economically and, you know, the husband gets a better job, the wife gets a better job, and they want to move their kids to a better place, there's really not anywhere to go on the north side of town. You, you know, used to you could move out to Lindsay Park or, you know, the Cascades and still stay in your school district. Uh, now they've moved those lines to where if you came, if you was going moving forward as a family economically, you have to move to their school district because they own all the nice neighborhoods now. And I think that's a huge issue, but I also think that we can fix that by developing. I think that we have to start educating ourselves as far as like a, some, a real estate you know, um, you know, side of things and, and, and build our own community. There's, there's not even you know, um, upper-level communities in our neighborhood, and there's tons of land, and it's the cheapest land in our city, to be honest with you, uh, and the developers are not they're, – they're, they're afraid of it because of where it's at. But I think that we can use that to our advantage, and if enough of us um, start putting ourselves in a position, uh, and that goes to the education part as far as, like, you know, when we're kids, we're not taught about credit. We're not taught about, you know, assets and liabilities. We're not, we're not taught of those things, so we'll grow up, you know, and we're taught things like don't answer the phone when a bill collector calls. And, and of course, we don't know that. We're putting ourselves in a horrible position uh, from a, from an economic standpoint, and I didn't really start learning those things until I was 28. And now I want to start get, making sure our kids, our children, I want to create programs to where they can actually learn these things at an early age. And it's it's definitely possible because we're not even teaching it at schools. I think it should be in the in the curriculums in schools, and it's not. And I think it's ridiculous. I think that we're raising our children to to be workers and not have their own mind and not, you know, set themselves up for success and the things that they really need to go into this world and be a successful uh, individual, we're not giving them. So I think that I'd like to see us organized to where we can have a class. Like I said, my passion is the youth and, and, and teach everybody yeah. that comes to my program, I try to help them out and, and try to teach them a little bit of something. But I think that if we can organize something like that to where Parents can choose to put their kids in like real economic classes in our community, and 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 and, and for themselves too. I mean, a lot of a lot of the parents don't know; they have no clue Excellent. how to put themselves in economic positions. Back in nine, well, let me share this with you quickly before and Natasha comes in. Back in 1980, I invited uh, someone by the name of Miss Emma Chappelle to Tyler, Texas, when we were trying trying hard to to start the black dollar up again. We actually used to have a black-owned bank here in Tyler, Texas. All the African Americans invested into that bank, and we're working on trying to do that one more time. 
Uh, but I don't know if you are familiar with Gentry Parkway and Palace Street where the HUD office is, the uh, housing. That was actually our black bank. And uh, it was in existence for a long time. As a matter of fact, the next black bank that I was affiliated with was my family members was one of the first to open up a black-owned bank in Los Angeles area. So we believe in that black dollar and preserving that black dollar and making it work for us and keeping it in the community longer. Now, as far as as far as the school is concerned, and and the things that you were mentioning. That it was not a secret, as a matter of fact, but because so few people attend our school board meetings, and we've had we've always had two African Americans to serve on our school board here, and you probably you met one who just retired off probably last night, uh, Dr. Arencia Mason, uh, who just came off the school board, and now, uh, and then of course one of our school board members that was recently elected, uh, just recently passed away, the late Mr. Um, uh, Sterling, Freeman Sterling. Uh, so, the, and the way that we know, once again, that's why it's so crucial for all of us to be involved in what's going on around us, because uh, education is the key. I mean, I believe in the highest form of education, and I tell young folks all the time, don't let anybody tell you that education is not important, that you don't need a college education, because when you have one, you get to walk through doors that some people who don't have will never walk through uh, those doors. Now, today, quickly, I met with a builder. Uh, and that builder, and, and, and let me tell you why, that I see that some areas of the city, we're not interested in whether it grows or not. Because this young man, who happens to be a relative of my husband, says, they told me not to build in North Tyler. And so I say, whomever the infamous they is, if they told you not to, that's the place you need to go to. Tyler, North Tyler is the only a place in this city that has a large thoroughfare called Gentry Parkway. That's why the traffic is so top of each other at Broadway because everybody's going that direction and they're overlooking the largest thoroughfare in this city, Gentry Parkway. There's, there's a treasure in North Tyler. It's called Cardwell Zoo. That zoo is never going to go anyplace. It's right here. So there are, there are, there's all kinds of history here in North Tyler. There are nice subdevelopments that African Americans live in. I live in one of them myself. And I, will all, I can live anywhere in Tyler I want to. I will always choose to live in my own community because I want to see my community grow. And the way we make sure that it grows is that we have to invest into our community. Okay? Go ahead, Ms. Natasha. Comments. I well, everything that Cornelia said, I I totally agree. And as far as what you said too, I agree too. Like I said, I just moved here, but I'm always on that side of town. My grandmother stays on that side of town. My kids go to school on that side of town, so that's my side of town as well. Um, Parkdale and yeah. Irwin area, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. So. And I've even brought up, you know, because I've seen it on Facebook a lot where they're talking about, well, let's bring the black dollar back in. And I have family also in Texarkana that have farms, right? We have gardens and farms. And I have brought that up on Facebook, like, where's all my black, um, my black farmers at, you know, because they can, 
we can buy food from them too, you know, because they are not selling. I, I don't think they're able. I don't think Brookshire's and stuff is buying food from them, you know. And, and I'm gonna tell you why. Can I can I say this? I can tell yeah. you why. Because my father, my grandfather, and all of those real black farmers have grown and gone and passed on away, and then the the ans- the offspring did not continue the land. I own land here in Tyler, Texas. My my father, my grandfather, they were they never worked for anyone but themselves. They were agriculture, watermelons, roses, potatoes. If you came into this town and you needed any of that vegetables of any description all all of those people who are i'm a member of the black farmers association right and we're working right now we have our lawsuit in court right now in washington dc trying our very best to get what actually belonged to our ancestors because here's what happens when when there was money uh given to the fda in order for farmers to use to continue to grow their crops to do whatever they needed, they told the African Americans that there was no money, but all the other people received the money. So that's the purpose of that lawsuit. And, and many of our ancestors have died out and we'll never see that, but we'll continue to fight to make sure that that reparation happens for them and us, which I don't know, but that has been in, that lawsuit has been in the courts. For a long time, and so it's that's called, why the black woman there are no more. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. It, it's called another damn shame. <laughs> exactly. Yes. yes, but because we have so few people that have been fighting this fight, that's why it's so crucial for the younger generation to be totally involved in what's going on. It's the principle of the thing. If we don't work to promote the justice and equality Mm -hmm. uh, for the human race, it's never going to happen. We have to work together as a community. Uh, And and I want to say to the young lady, I want to say to the young lady, you know, like what she just said, you know, like, okay, like that fight she's fighting, it looked like you can make somebody else that, well, you know, you know, why are you wasting your time? But see, there's victory in there because she right. It's moral. Uh, you know, a lot of wrong been done to us in a lot of different ways. And yeah. so we have to continue to fight those fights. And, and, and we know where to go fight once we uh, learn our history. That's why I was telling you it's so important that y'all go and study your history, your local history, where you're at right there. And also, you know, go you know, dig deep into your real history. And then you, you try so you can kind of get a view of, a view of yourself, and then have a global have a global view. Don't just look at yourself as just there you, go. you know that look yourself in a global context because you're you a global. You, you see this? You see what we did here? Now it went it went global. There's a reason exactly. for that. So, There's a reason. So that's like a, so you can look at your real power, uh, you know, in that particular context, and that's new. That's new. That's first time. Uh, that's ever happened, but but we vote on a black people. We voted. Folks say, "Where's your unity at? Y'all need to get y'all." We voted. We the only group that voted in a ninety plus percent tile every election. That's right. So 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 yeah, we together. Okay. So you we we talk a lot, but we still vote the same. So basically, then as a result, all that struggle of all in time. Now with the technology, now we're global. So that means it's, right. it's going to be a lot of more opportunities for us to fight this particular fight in a whole different way than than what Martin had. We got more tools than Martin Luther King ever had. 
And the other thing, uh, thank you for that, Mr. Arthur. You're absolutely correct. And the other thing that I, I reflect back on all of the work, guys, that that our ancestors did, and they had a lot less to work with. We have more money to work with. We have more opportunity to work with. But they have accomplished, in my opinion, they accomplished more with what they did back then than what we're doing right now. That's why we can no longer be complacent. That's why it's going to take you guys as young folks uh, to break in there and continue on, continue this work. We all, we can't stop. Mr. Arthur can't stop. I can't stop. But we need you guys yeah, out there. Hey, 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 but it ain't over yet now. I want y'all to understand it ain't yeah. over. We're in the midst of a paradigm shift. Paradigm you don't know what change looks like. If you don't know what change looks like, this is what it looks like, y'all. This is what it looks like. So y'all going to have to, uh, and I mean the young advocates, y'all going to have to uh, advocate what y'all want to see going forward. You know, what kind of economy, you know, what kind of world y'all want to live in. And you have to, it, y'all have to say them words. Y'all have to, you know, uh, you know, both them words. Uh, every generation has its time. And, and like, uh, uh, and this is yours. So, well, this is ours. So, you, you know, you need to, you know, embrace it. Now, for some of us, this is our, uh, a second time of embracing it. Hi, Miss, hi, Miss McKellar. More, more than second time. More, more than. <laughs> we listen. Um, we can take it back to, to, um, to the gentleman that I just said, the Rodney King out there. We can take it back to Watts Riot uh, when my husband was in California going to college there, and the Watts Riot went on. I mean, we, it continues one revolution after the next after the next, and this is not going to end here. And, and that's why I was asking about, okay, Ms. Karen Bass, as well as, and let me share with you who Ms. Karen Bass is. Ms. Karen Bass is the chairperson of the Congressional Black Caucus, the Congressional Black Caucus. All of them are members of Congress. So let's take a look at what Congress does and what the uh, Senate does uh, in their task every day because they're the ones who actually run this country, legislate laws and things for us to comply with. They write bills uh, to put on the, on the table. And so the bill that they have out there now is that police officers, no place in this country can use a chokehold in order to uh, secure a person. And then once you put, if you put the handcuffs on a person, what more do you need to do? What can they do? Where are they going? Right? Comment. Correct. Yeah, Mr. Cornelius, go ahead. Yeah, um, I think that it's excessive. I think that um, that's something that we we have to stop. I mean, it it just... once once you have him apprehended, there's 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 nothing more that you need to do. You need, you don't need four people to jump out and get and get on top of him. You need sure. to train. So sure. I think that that's something that we have to we have to make sure that's in black and white because if it's not in black and white, it's not the law. And there's nothing that we can do but complain about it. And we need to make sure that we can get those type of things in black and white. So when it happens, we can say this is against the law. Like, what, what what are we gonna do about it? But Man. as long as they have those gray areas Excuse to play in, right? As long as, they, as long as they have those gray areas to play in, uh, there's nothing that we can do about it. And I think that we have to go after the fraternity. I mean, it, it's clearly a fraternity. 
Like yes, nobody's policing each other. It's it's it's. I mean, you, you see, just the other day, where they pushed the the, the seventy five year old man down, leaning out go. of his ear. One guy, one guy goes to try to help him, and they pull him away from him and says, "No, keep walking." And then yeah. one of them gets arrested. The rest of the whole unit quit. It's a fraternity. They protect each other. So and, that and they all get every time. Mm-hmm. So it's like that that stuff that has to change. Like. You know, that that's the stuff that we have to get in black and white, and we have to stop giving them passes, and we have to. Yeah, it has to be a moral code. Like, if if you see an officer doing wrong and you don't stop him, we got to get rid of you too. There you, know, you go. Like, yeah, it has to be a moral code, and it has to be in black and white also. If you witness yeah. it, it's just, it's just the same. Like I said, it's the basic raise your children ethics. Exactly. You're guilty. There you go. You're part of the problem. You're part so of the problem. You, you have no well, you have no principles yourself as well. That's right. That's that that's that systemic injustice that, that towards black right. people that we've seen every single right. day. And our, right. our, our our ancestors were brought here on a slave ship in the 1600s. They helped to build this country. As a matter of fact, probably most of the hardcore work was done by them. Okay, I would say. And and so so this country it belongs to all of us because our ancestors helped to build it. So we have to make mm-hmm. sure that 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 we have more compassion for human relations, and we have we we have to have our Caucasian brothers and sisters to join, and they've always been there. As as I mentioned to you, we took a uh, in, at the 50th anniversary, we took a busload from Tyler, Texas, to Selma, Alabama, uh, to march across that bridge and Bloody Sunday that weekend. And then this time, five years later, when we thought that the Edna Pettus Bridge was going to be renamed after uh, Congressman John Lewis. Do you guys know Congressman John Lewis? No, no ma'am. Oh, Congressman goodness. John. <laughs> I know. Oh, See, that's why we got to get oh, our young. Congressman oh, John Lewis oh, came, to, came to Tyler, Texas. Uh, let's see. We we can't we can't even get our own congressperson to come and talk to us about any issues, but Congressman John Lewis, which is one of the most noted congressmen in this country, in the country, uh, came. We got some work to do, baby. We got some work to do, Miss yeah. McKellar. I'm writing it all down. <laughs> you said I'm writing it all down. <laughs> Listen, that's why I say, you guys, the reason why you don't know these things that we've been fighting for all along. You didn't know about the school area. You didn't know about the lines redrawn. You didn't know that they opened it up here so that, that any child could go to any high school that they wanted to. It was all about getting the best players, the best football players from out of Jun High over to Robert E. Lee High School. Uh, that's exactly. Hey, Ms. McKellar, can I tell them about the African American Studies Program? Please kind of do. Filling that right there, because yes, I want them to, to work that. Uh, uh, look at the one thing is NAACP. Uh, we did, uh, I did a resolution uh, at our state conference, and you know stuff went right. So we had a uh, after studies program that founded last year in DISD. So uh, and, and it was so successful that that they voted to extend it statewide. So what we're gonna need is folks like you all to go to your school board. And tell and, and tell them 
you want the African American Studies Program. Okay? Uh, now that's something that you can do. You know, you can do that. But I advocate for that. Uh, 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 because the because see the reason that y'all don't know who John Lewis is and and so forth and so on is because you wasn't taught. You know what I mean? You know purposely, purposely. You right. know uh, the, the system the system is set up to to make you aim low. Now I know because I'm educated. It's set up to make you aim low. That's right. You know and so and so uh, you, you know so you know I know why y'all don't know. But you know, it, but, but it's like a wild for us. We're going wild. I I, I know, know because so. it, it, and the reason why it's such a wild to me is because the first the first let me share this with you, young people, that the first first campaign that I worked on, I never I was like Mr. Cornelius. I never had any desire to run for a public office, but I always had a desire to work on somebody's. Campaign. The first campaign that I worked on here in Tyler, Texas, I was 18 years of age, a student at Tyler Junior College, some of the first African Americans to ever attend Tyler Junior College. Because in, when I was growing up and Mr. Arthur was growing up, it was not if you were going to college, it's where you go into college because you're going to get out of here and go to college. That was the teaching that we got from our high school, from our parents from our churches, that was our, that was our education that we got early. So the first campaign I worked on, I was 18 years of age because my father, you better learn politics. My grandfather said, you better learn politics because everything is political. And so if you learn how to play the game, they used to call it playing the game. If you learn how to play the game, you'll always be successful in your career. So, but hey, hey, here, but here, what I want them to do though, but, here, but I want them to change the game. Y'all need to change the game. Change it. Well, well, now it's time to change it. We didn't grow up with that, you know. So like, our our generation of parents wasn't teaching us, hey, get into politics, go. I mean, we were teaching us to go to college and stuff like that. But yeah, they didn't want to hurt y'all feelings. Yeah, yeah. I talked to them. Mine sure did well, about. <laughs> The college, like you know, the college is, is really set up to really get us in debt. And, now, and hold up, hold up. Can I? Can you hold that point right there? Can you hold that point right there? Just hold it right there. That's why I tell students, and Mr. Arthur is an educator. My husband, education administrator. I say, don't wait. Don't waste your time when you're in school. Learn. Everything my parents used to say, you're not the teacher. The teacher, the educator, already they already have their piece of paper. As a matter of fact, my father used to say, uh, he used to call our teachers, our educators, they called them professors. And I didn't know what that what what they were really trying to drive to us. What they were driving to us is that. The professors are the college people. That that's when you really use that terminology. My professor, this they they were pushing us. Our mindset right then and there was to go to college. Every time we graduated from from uh, kindergarten to from the eighth grade to the ninth grade, because here here the ninth grade used to be all in junior high school, and then going into high school. When I went to let me just share this with you. I have two master's degrees. I have two bachelor's degrees. I have a doctorate degree. And every single one of those, 
I never paid a dime to go to school. Now, of course, the la- and then I have, oh, I forgot. And then I, when I decided to run for Congress, I went back to school to get my degree in political science because it had been a while since I studied government and all of those things affiliated around running for a public office, running for a federal office. So the military paid for all of that, and then I went to school on scholarships prior to that. I'm a registered nurse. I have a, a doctorate in nursing and healthcare management. So the Minnie Hudnall Foundation Scholarship is who I went to school under, Texas Women's University. They pay for all of my – so you don't have to be in debt if you study like you would not have studied before so that you can get that piece of paper, that scholarship to go to school, and I don't have to pay a dime. So – uh, you are right. I think to the what he's point saying that, that education is, is too pricey. I, I, I get that. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's over- yeah, yeah. Okay, let, let, let me go ahead and finish. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> right. So, this is what I'm saying. Because, not, not more times than not, our people are going to school, they graduate, and they get a degree, and whether they, now, if they're in the the law field or the medical field, they're they're, mm-hmm. they're getting their degrees and they're going to use them. But more times than not, our people are graduating and not being able mm-hmm. to get a job, but they're fifty, sixty thousand dollars in debt, and then they have to go get a job and spend the next twenty, thirty years trying to pay it off. Mm-hmm. And that's why and we, we try to change that. A hole, and, and we dig ourselves. We don't have a plan. And right now, I think it's set mm-hmm. up for us to. Like you said, shoot for low-hanging fruit. And I think there's more out there for us. We should be – like I, I spent the last probably five years asking myself a question. How can I uh, uh, attract the right investors to, into my company? How can I uh, – I have great ideas. I have great, you know, products. How can I attract the right investors? And about a year ago, I changed the narrative. And I said, how can I become the right investor? How can I become black wealth? And I found out that I had been selling myself short for five years. And yeah. now I don't need to invest. I, I just I, I made my plan. I fixed my credit. And I, I I learned how to build revenue. And I got with the right people. And I found people that were already successful. And I spent time with them. And I learned from them. And they taught me how to structure my life in a, in a sense that I could be successful. So, I found out that I spent a lot of time in college, and they didn't give me any of that. And they gave me debt that I had to pay off. Now, I'm a little bit more fortunate because I'm 32, and I have two companies, and I'm able to, I am able I was able to give, give it the right people to teach me how to actually become the person I am today. But most of our people are being slaves to their debt, and they're spending their whole life trying to figure out how to pay it back. And we're driving, driving, driving our kids into college, and I think college is great. I had a great experience in college. I met a phenomenal mm-hmm. people. I have a great network that I got from college. And right. mm-hmm. relationships is everything, and I think that we're not teaching our kids that, how to build relationships, how to you know actually come across people and actually figure out how you can be a service to them so they want to be a service to you. We're not teaching them business etiquette. We're teaching them to go to school. Cool, you went to school. Great, great job. You got a degree. Great job. When they get a degree, they have no clue what to do with it. 
and are going out into the world mm-hmm. and feeling our failures, and then they're they're getting down on themselves because they have no clue how to move forward. Well, let me get some ideas. So you can let, me say, let me just say one thing, Arthur, then I'm because you're the educator, and then I'm gonna. The one, the one thing that I have always said. First, first, let me let me say this one thing. My father used to say to us when we were growing up, because they always work for themselves. Don't always focus so much on. And, and obviously, you got this. Don't always focus so much on being an employee. Focus on being an employer. He still said that. And and I I say this to people. I don't care what you're going to study. You should take some business courses. I don't care what it is that you study. You should take a business course. If it, if it even is just one business course, if you decide to become a, 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 a doctor, lawyer, right. because you may decide you want to open right. up your office and have your own clinic right. or whatever, you right. need to know business. Go ahead, Mr. Murphy. Uh, the first of all, what I tell young folks is this. Uh, in this generation and in this type of an economy, if you get out of college and you got a degree, and uh, you can't figure out what to do with it, go and look at the certificate field. There's, there's like, different state certificates you can get to go with your degree. That's uh, it. Uh, you, know, you know, Fed, you know, so there's a lot of different certificates that you can get that will enhance your degree. You, you know, so don't just say, okay, I got this degree. Because that degree gives you an opportunity to actually go into a whole bunch of different areas. That's right. They don't have nothing to do with the degree. So, right. so, people should, you, so, so y'all should look at that degree as a platform to go yeah. wherever you want to go, okay? Yes. And then and that's Absolutely. about, you know, planning your own individual thing. Uh, and then for those people that's going to, uh, uh, you know, it's going to, if you're going to work, if you don't want to own no business and you want you want to work all your life, what I'm telling people is this, uh, you know, go and get, you know, like, you know, go to, you know, go to a job, federal, state, or some job with a great pension set up, stay there yeah. long enough to get vested. Then move on to another job. Go there, stay long enough, get vested, move on to another one. Uh, leave and that one, go to years, another one, and get vested. Okay, so when you turn, so you retire, you got three different retirements coming in. There you go. You know what I'm saying? And then by that time, you'll be, you'll be about 50. So if you want to entrepreneur by that time, you can go ahead and entrepreneur a little bit. So, uh, you know, be creative with, with, with your degrees, you know, in this economy. Uh, it's all about, again, like you said earlier, a young man, you changed your thinking the way you were thinking about stuff, and then your stuff changed. You know, mm-hmm. same way with this. And, and not only that, I want to add this as well. When, and then we'll go to uh, Miss Natasha and let her have some comments. But the one thing that I say, that's why I say don't waste your time when you're in school. Don't waste your time. The, the purpose, and, 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 and I can say this because I graduated from an all-black high school, right? And so so we had our counselor that sat down with every single, when we got ready to actually leave, go into the 11th grade, our counselor started to talking to us and saying, what are your goals? What would you like to see happen? Where do you want to go to college? Let's see how we can help you with scholarships. And they even even at that time, they were not giving as many scholarships to African Americans as far as football was concerned. I'm going to use, I'm going to give you an example of a person out of Tyler, Texas, that went to school on a football scholarship. That and and I wrote the first article on this young man when he was in 
let's see, probably more like the sixth or seventh, about the sixth or seventh grade, and that was Mr. Earl Campbell. But Earl, Earl Campbell had a bro- Earl Campbell has a brother by the name of Willie Campbell is a much better football player, if you think that's possible, than Earl was. His name is Willie Campbell. But because they were not giving football scholarships in the 60s, like they gave them to Earl Campbell and those later on, his brother didn't get a chance to go to college on a a football scholarship. But he was one of the baddest that ever walked through East Texas. Uh, Why didn't he go to the swag? Why didn't he go to the swag? What's that? The 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 the, the black town. <laughs> the swack. Yeah, the swack. I'm not, I've not heard that term Doug before. Doug Williams, Ed McNair, Walter Payton. Yeah, swack. but what what school? I mean, what school is that? A school or just uh, HBCUs is what you're calling a swack? Uh, I'm not. Yeah, that term. Uh, South uh, Southwest a- Athletic Conference. That's the black. Uh, oh, okay, uh, okay, yeah, okay. That's the acronym of, for uh, Southwest. Yeah. Well, uh, at, yeah, like that. I said, at that. Okay, you, and you got to remember this as well uh, uh, that he came from a very, very large family. He was the first child of ten of them, and uh, mm. if you didn't get a scholarship to go to school, there was no resources to send right, you. To right, school. right, 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 right. And then his right, father passed right. away very early. That was one of those. That was one of the farmers, uh, okay. uh, young okay. folks. That, so his father work. passed away far before. Uh, probably Earl probably was in uh, elementary school when their father passed away. So at any rate, yeah, he had to work. He had to work. That's exactly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly yeah. correct. Yeah, As a matter of fact. I'll share this with you show, to show you how the African-American community work together to help one another better than what we do right now. For some reason, somehow, we got pushed in different directions. But when, when Mr. Campbell, the late Mr. Campbell, uh, Earl Campbell's father, passed away, it was right near rose growing season when it was time to pull the roses out of the fields here in Tyler, mm-hmm. Texas. And so my father... Uh, got together with a group of the black rose growers, and they went to help uh, the late Miss Ann Campbell, the mother that was left with all mm-hmm. those children, to help to get those roses out of the fields, get them uh, to uh, to the places to be sold, and to help that family. And we've forgotten how to do that kind of thing nowadays. So I hope you guys have well, another area that you're going to be pushing to make sure that that people work together as a unit. Better than what we've and the, done. And, 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 the reason she, and, and the ahead. reason she say that, is, the reason she say that is because when we uh, bought into the integration model back in the day, uh, we gave up a lot of things. You know what? Well, a lot of things was taken, but just by not, you know, not being segregated, uh, you know, we went to the ice cream that was uh, sweeter. So we, you know, so we let our economic stuff go because we had to promise that we was going to get let in at some point. Of course, you see it didn't happen. So now, you know, a lot of cohesiveness that racism brought us, you know, we thought we was free for a minute, so we kind of let that go. So I'm hoping that you guys can recapture that and, uh, you know, move us forward with it. Good. Miss Natasha, comment. Great, Miss Arthur. I'm here. I'm just I'm- – I'm comment, taking all this. The, you, uh, you're making documents. I love this. I'm, I'm taking notes. I love it. I have to. I <laughs> have to because 
this is something that I'm, you know, I'm trying to get into and I'm interested in it. Um, I also, I have a business. I have a business back home. Well, back home in Memphis, though. I'm licensed and bonded. I have a cleaning service there. I actually have it with my mother and my sister. And we, when we came from California, that's what we did out there in Memphis, Tennessee. And my next choice was coming here before the COVID hit was to get licensed and bought it in the state of Texas. But also what my mom tried to teach us, I was raised with the Hispanic side of my family. So we all kind of worked together. And our thing was building and remodeling houses. So I actually have two houses under my belt right now. And my sister has, I think my sister just bought her second one she just bought her second one like last month so that's what we're also doing and um you know trying just trying to trying to you know fix ourselves we didn't do the whole college thing we weren't taught you know I I really wasn't taught about that you know mine was more family take care of your family like I said I have eight kids so I was really raised as a homemaker and now my mom is trying to you know was trying to make us, hey, you guys got to start working for yourself because nobody's going to give it to you if we're not here, you know, that mm-hmm. that type of thing. So I'm taking a lot of stuff in. I'm I'm learning a lot of new things, and I'm, I'm just, I'm just wow. <laughs> right now, I'm just wow. <laughs> Great. Very good. Well, I, I have to share a story with you, and then we're going to bring Mr. Cornelius back in for comments, but... When I, when I graduated undergraduate from Texas Women's University uh, College of Nursing, and there was an 85-year-old lady. I may have told this story to you. Uh, she had 10 children. She's a Caucasian mm-hmm. lady, had 10 children, and she graduated with us at age 85. And she mm-hmm. said, I got all of my 10 children grown and gone and out of the way. Now I'm doing this for me. And she got her degree in education. And we picked her up and carried her across the stage because she was our shero because I graduated from a women's university. And so she, it was amazing that all of these years that she decided to come back to school and did very well. She graduated uh, magna cum laude, as a matter of fact, had good grades and did uh, outstanding. So it's never too late. 2012 was my last time I walked across the stage at University of Texas uh, and with my degrees in, in uh, political science. So it's, ne- it's never, never too late, never too late uh, to, to do that, never too late. Uh, Mr. Cornelius, go ahead. Are you from Tyler, Mr. Cornelius? Are you from East Texas? Yes, ma'am. I'm Tyler. Okay. So you, are you related to Mr. Clarence Shackleford? Yes, ma'am. So I may be related to you then. Depends upon what side of the fence you're related on. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's, that's what I hear. Actually, I, I hear we're related. I'm sorry. So I said that's Here what I are. hear. Actually, I hear that we are related. Okay, very good. <laughs> very good. Come in. Come in. Um, Come in from you and what you've heard. And what I heard from which which part? Within our last dialogue, our last little dialogue here, or any anything that you want to say in regards to, I I guess my my real question then, 
So how are we going to move forward from here? What's our, what's our game plan? And, of course, the Arthur said change the, change the game. Uh, and, and I agree to the point that, that we got, we're going to have to do something differently. But, but we're probably going to be doing basically some of the same things, except that we're going to have more people working at it because you're stronger in number. I keep saying that. And so because because I outlined to you what I'd like to see happening, and I think that the first thing that we need to do is make sure everybody's registered to vote. And even we have a runoff election uh, July the uh, 14th, are you guys familiar with uh, Senator Royce West, State Senator Royce West? Ms. Cornelius? No, ma'am. Okay. No, no ma'am, I'm not. Oh. Okay. <laughs> but that's another name. So what's his name again? Oh. I'm writing it down. Sen- Senator Royce West is in a runoff uh, right now. That's July the 14th. That's going to be taking place. That's a statewide seat. He's running for United States Senate. He is already in the state Senate in the state of Texas. He's been there for 23 years. He lives in Mr. Arthur's area, is in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. He's an attorney, and now he's in a runoff against a, uh, a veteran, female veteran. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we got we got to get registered. We got to vote, but we need to tackle the criminal justice system. I have a stack of letters because we, we want to make sure that if our student, our young students want to go to school, whether they want to go to college, whether they want to get a, um, a certification like Mr. Arthur said, we, the one thing that we know we have to do, and I'm going to share a program with you that we're working on, and I'd like, I'd like for you guys to actually be uh, sit on the, on the board, uh, but we have to stop this school to prison pipeline that we got to stop and the way we do that is we got to encourage our people and our young folks to become educated educate yourself educate yourself educate yourself now we have a program that want to be and let me tell you about this program quickly and then we're going to hear from uh, mr cornelius this program is under prayer view a and m university uh, you guys are familiar with uh, our hbcus right you're familiar with yes, Prayer View, right? Okay. So yes, Prayer View has the Texas Juvenile Justice Center on the campus of Prayer View A&M University in Waller County. So one of my fraternity brothers wrote, he's a researcher, and he wrote a program, and this program will be implemented in Tyler, Dallas, Fort Worth area, Houston, San Antonio and Austin, five locations. And the purpose of this program is to make sure that this school to prison pipeline does not happen to our children. And so so we're now setting up that program here in Tyler, Texas. Our office is going to be at the Cotton Belt uh, there in on the third floor. And what's going to happen is that we're going to be working in conjunction with the school district to get these children early to teach them not to get a record. We're going to have a a board, and we're going to have people in every uh, profession to work closely with the So who's over the one in Dallas? I'm sorry? Who's over the one in Dallas? 
Well, I'm an intricate part of that, but here's but I don't know if they have found the office location yet. Uh, the uh, the researcher is Dr. Terrence Allen. He wrote the mm-hmm. wrote the program. The attorney in the program is Miss Gra- uh, Attorney Grady Paris, who happens to mm-hmm. actually be from Palestine, Texas. So we're we're moving right along here, and but they're setting up all of these and throughout all five locations. But I don't know who they they've reached out to the our county. They reached out to our city. We've gone to the school board. We went to the criminal justice system. We've gone to everybody to get them on board to be a part. Send some sure information. I'll send you some information. Some information. Yes. You need you need to be involved in that, Mr. Arthur. Okay, Mr. Cornelius. Yeah. Uh, comments from you. Anything you you have to say? Uh, yeah, How I, are we going to move like forward? Um. I think that uh, we just got to keep organizing and making sure that uh, something good comes from the meeting yesterday and uh, moving forward uh, next week when we meet with the same, we meet with all the organizations, uh, get more organized. I think that we agree to uh, split up into groups in our next meeting and kind of decide who's going to be tackling what issues. I think that's a, a, a great positive step. Uh, yes, it is. And what, when is the meet, next meeting? I'm sure I'll get a notice. That's okay. You don't have to tell. We don't tell everything. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's a, that's a good positive step, and I think that uh, I think we're going to get some some positive things out of this next meeting. I'm excited to to move forward with it. But I think um, I think that we need to get more involved and see how to get on things like the school board and, you know, how, how find out how those things work uh, and make go. sure that we get more involved uh, because Excellent. the decisions that we made that we, we want to be involved with and we, we need the information. And that way we can take it back okay. to our, our people. Okay. School board. Okay. For school board, what you need to do is you need to, you need to first find the issue, go see what the agenda is, sign up to speak and go down and advocate. That's how you mm-hmm. do that. Yeah, that's how you do that. Yeah, start, start, like the, yeah, start attending. Start attending thing, school board meetings. Yeah, same mm-hmm. thing, city council. That's same right. Same thing. You know, you go you know, you learn you go learn the issue, see what the agenda is, go down and sign up. Speak to the issue. So okay. that's kinda of how you do that. So, so can you guys uh, see how everything circles back round to the voting booth? Can you see it now? Yes. I can. I, I kinda yeah. um, I got a little education today on Electoral College, which is a whole other segment. I don't even think we have time to, to go into that. But, no, um, we, we, got 15, we got 15 minutes. <laughs> so, I, so, we, so what are you going to do to work toward getting rid of the Electoral College? Because as, as, as we know, uh, let's wait for the last presidential election. Well, yeah, the last presidential election, three years ago, four years ago, we know that Hillary Clinton was running uh, – for for president, we know she got three million more popular votes than the person who's at sixteen hundred right now. Sixteen hundred meaning sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue. We know who's in there now. So she got three million votes more, but she didn't win the electoral college because after after all of the email debacle came out, then the electoral colleges start to switch. And let me share this with you also. If you wanted to become a member of the Electoral College, 
and you're involved in your party, whatever your party affiliation is, did you know that you can become an electoral college person as well? well you know I, who the elect- you know who the electors I, I think, are, right? I, I think that it should be done away with. And oh, I, I want to figure out. That's what I want. I don't want to be a member. I want to figure out how to get it out of there. But in the meantime, and I'm, I'm just, I was just giving you more education about how okay. the electoral college works. That the electoral, we have, we have people right here in this city who are on the electoral college. So we need to have some good people on there until we get rid of it. But we're, I'm with you. I want to get rid of it as well. Hey, 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 can I ask them a question? Hey, can I ask each, each of them a Please question? Because, uh, because the term defund the police, defund the police has 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 uh, a bunch of different meanings for different people. And, you know, like the main, the, 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 I want to understand that the main meaning is direct some, divert some of those funds that you're giving to the police budget, direct them to the community uh, uh, places. So I want to ask yeah. each of you, uh, uh, you know, good young people, uh, <laughs> what does defund the police mean to you? Good question. Uh, I mean, I, I hadn't really like sat down and thought about. It. I read some articles earlier today on defunding the police, and I was kind of had some conflicted feelings about it. I just don't know what it actually it does mean. In fact, I didn't know if they were like just doing away with it or if they're taking money. No, from I said, what would it mean? No, no, no. I'm asking you. No, no, no. I'm asking you, what would it mean to you? I, mean, I know okay, what they do. So I'm to my what does it mean to you? Okay. Well, um, I take I take some some stuff away from them until until they can prove that they're they're going. I mean, they can prove they can be trust trusted until we can figure out a way to get the racism and the discriminant discriminant stuff out of there. And um, I, I I start punishing them like anybody else get punished. Mm-hmm. You so know, well, actually, actually, the stuff that you talked about earlier—that's uh, what—that's what's in there. Uh, all that, all that stuff you talked about earlier—that's actually the answer. But, 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 but go ahead. Okay. Give the answer the that ma- you gave earlier. The, the main, yeah, the main thing with de- defunding—they're not talking about getting rid of a police officers. Because let me share with you that. That as I mentioned, Mr. Arthur and I had to, we had to carry an M16. We had to defend this country uh, against all foreign, uh, foreign people that were trying to take advantage of our country. We we went to war after 9/11, uh, and and I was deployed for two years uh, during um, Operation Iraqi Freedom and Operation Enduring Freedom. So when I come home, when I come home and walk the streets, I don't want to have to carry an M16 or any other weapon have to carry in order to defend myself. I want the police, I want the good police officers to do that. But this defunding is taking some of these funds and and helping uh, other areas uh, in our community, even even taking some funds and sending them for more training, uh, more more mental health training uh, because social workers. Social, yes. I mean, uh, Exactly. Make sure that they have a complete department so they are well educated so that they don't do what we have seen them do to African Americans and get rid of those that don't need to be there. 
and, and I don't know how you determine whether a person has racial issues and going on in their heads or not, but obviously uh, we could look at some of the things that have gone on, and it's been easy for us to see that uh, racial improprieties have happened uh, among police officers. So everybody does not need to carry a weapon. There was even some people in the military, right, Mr. Arthur, that didn't need to carry a weapon. Mm-hmm, like that guy that killed them five people uh, here in Dallas. There you go. Or, or, or yeah. over there in Waco, in Waco. Yeah, yeah, Waco. The, ma- the major that, yeah, right. Oh, yeah. I think, okay. I think that we may need to do like a, like something where the civilians can, like not just any civilian, but like, um, say we come up with this 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 council or, or whatnot. I think that we should be able to go watch how they training training the police. I think we should be able to just go in and see, especially like the leaders. If we we have the the issues with it, and we want the things to change, why can't we come sit in and, and watch how what, what they're actually learning? Why can't we come sit through a, a course? Mm-hmm. Okay. You gotta no, demand it. You gotta no. demand it. You gotta demand it. <laughs> that's why that's why we have the question out before you tonight. What is it that you like to see going spend the rest of our life protesting every day? We, I listen to the people on television talk about how exhausted, how tired they are, but they're still pushing forward. But at some point in time, uh, the protest will end. How do I know that? Because we protest many times and it ended. But then we had to go before the court system. We can get down there, downtown and talk talk to the DAs and talk about what's going on. We start right here locally in our own community and see what's going on in our criminal justice system here. And then when you when when you get a notice in the mail that says that you you're going to jury duty, don't try to find ways of getting out of jury duty. And that's what a lot of people do, in particular African Americans. They don't want to go to jury duty, so therefore they work on how can I get out of it. No, I you should be working on how can you get in there. Go ahead, Miss Natasha. Hey, let me get an idea. Let me, let me get an idea though, uh, on how to keep it going. Look, look at you, right? The protest and stuff is gonna is gonna die out at some point, but we need to transition that into you, we still need to continue to have something and turn them into like voter. Uh, you know, voter registration uh, affairs and you know stuff like that. We need this guy. You know, we can keep the energy going by but by attaching it to, to the November election. But you know, we do that all the time anyway. We do, we, we we do that throughout. We, I'm a voters. Voter yeah, but this, this, this is a different moment, though. This is a different moment. I, I agree I, with. I, I agree I, with. I, you. I, I'm a bit against you on this one. I think it's gonna last. No, no, I'm no, I'm here. with you. No, I'm with you on doing this. That's it's November. We're going to see. Let, let me share this with you, Mr. Arthur, and these young folks can tell you, all during these protests, are there tables set up out there for voter registration, uh, Ms. Ward and Mr. Shackleford? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, when, I mean, whatever day, all the days are running together for me. But when there were 37 registered out there when you guys were in front of the mall. We had, we had our Democratic table set up out there. But we need, but, but look how many young folk were out there. We need all of them, even the college students, because guess what? You're, if you're living here and going to college, you are a resident. We fought, guys, to get the voting booth set up at 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 Prairie View A&M University. We have not we have not been able to get it set up at Texas College here for us. And it should it should be set up at the colleges because the students should not have to leave the campus 
to go someplace else. They should be able to vote in the middle of classes. That's another issue that you all can work on. Well, I'm looking for I'm looking for look. I'm looking for these two leaders right here. That's to right. like you know keep that fire burning. I mean, I, I mean now right. you know now's the time to test what you got. You know what I mean? Now's the time. Now's so the time. you know well, let me you know, see let me see if you Go got ahead, it. Sorry. Do you have help? Yeah, that's right. Go ahead, Mr. Cornelius. I just got a text message that said we just had the best voter registration day that we've had. So we're 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 registering people. And uh yes, sir. and this is where I wasn't even there. Uh, I was here talking to you guys, but so we did an awesome day today before registering people to vote. So we're gonna do it and, and, we're not, and let me we're not tell Right, and let me tell you what I'd like to see both of you do. I'd like to see both of you go down to the election office and sit for 20 minutes and get deputized, and then you're out there every day. Then go and register people while you're out there, because the more of you are deputized, the more of you are out there around the people of your age group, and then it's happening. It's, we're making it happen every single day, and it will continue. So... Ms. Ward, you'll have your final comments. It's 957. It has been amazing to have you guys on with us tonight. Outstanding. And we invite you to come back at any time. And, of course, uh, Mr. Enjoy on Thursday. And I think that Ms. Natasha will probably phone back in with us as well. We're still not bringing you into, because remember, COVID-19 still exists. And so we're not bringing you in studio, but you can always phone in. Uh, Ms. Natasha, your final comments for tonight? Well, I've learned a lot. Um, like I said, I've been writing down a lot of stuff, so this is stuff that I am going to start looking into here in the community, um, especially within Tyler, learning the history on this, because I'm really, I'm really interested. You guys opened up my mind to a lot of stuff, but once, you know, I still want to work on the backyard, you know, cleaning up our, our areas first, exactly. but also also working with the black and brown. Like I said, I grew up Mexican. I grew up with the Mexican side of my family, so I'm real big on pushing that, and I've been dealing with that differences for a long time, especially living in California. You know, always the black and brown have always been fighting, so that's been, like, the biggest part of me right there, getting, you know, getting together with them. But um, education-wise, I just want to learn more. See, and I, like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't taught this stuff. I wasn't, I didn't know about any of this stuff. You guys brought this up to me, you know, and just, you guys opened up my ears right now. Just imagine we can open up somebody else's ears, you know, just by listening and and thinking and somebody getting out there. And like they said, we also have to strategize and organize together. And there is a lot of different mixed groups out there, but Cornelius put on he he has like a lot of strength, you know, and that that's used in 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 a different area, you know, and I just feel like there's everybody just got to come together with, you know, what's your strength, what's your weaknesses, and then from there on we can just build on top of that. Thank you so much for that. There you go. Outstanding. Thank you, Mr. Cornelius. Yes, ma'am. I'm just excited. I'm excited to keep going. Uh, we're going to keep protesting, but also, you know, being able to work with you guys behind, you know, uh, the scenes and, and, and developing more um, knowledge about, you know, the rest of the leaders and what we can actually do 
on the in the back in the back in the back too because you know we we can protest and we're fine with doing that and we're going to keep growing in numbers. I'm confident that we will, but we also have to be ready to do the rest of the stuff behind the scenes with you guys. And I think it's important that we have a presence there because we have to know what's going on because the younger generation they need someone to follow. And yeah. that's the main reason why I felt like I had to get into the fight because I knew they would follow me if I came, if I came. Good deal. And, so, and, let me, and thank you so much for that. I'm sorry that we've run out of time. But let me just share this with you that, that this is not what we're talking about and have talked about tonight. It is not behind the scene. It's in front. We want it in the forefront. We just need more people like yourselves out there fighting this civil rights movement that's been going on for decades. Decade after decade after decade, this civil rights movement has been going on, and we want it on the forefront. They want it on the Somebody else wants it on the back, but we want it on the front, mm-hmm. and we're depending upon you guys to help us to make to do that. Mr. Arthur, quickly, any final thing before we end the show? Yes, I want to say I got 40 years in the game, quote, game, uh, and I'm saying to y'all, <laughs> hey, y'all, it's right now it's time to change the game. So don't go in trying to figure out what the game is now because there is no game. Create your own game. That's what time is right now. So, uh, again, you know, hey, you know, just, this is our time. Uh, for me and Miss McKellar, it's, it's our time a second time. So, you know, so I just want <laughs> more than, my, telling him more <laughs> yeah. than two times. He's not listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just want to. <laughs> yeah. Thank, thank yeah, you so guys so much. Yeah. Go ahead. So, so thank you. Thank you, uh, Mr. Cornelius. I appreciate you. Thank you, Miss Natasha. I appreciate you. We look forward to for you, even on Wednesday morning, if you want to come on our Wednesday morning show and talk, we're on from 8 until 9 o'clock. Uh, we, uh, we are syndicated out of Baltimore, Maryland, and then, of course, our Thursday show local, locally here in East Texas. And so we look forward to your calling in on either one of those. If you decide to do Wednesday, just let me know. Otherwise, uh, we'll see you on Thursday, and we'll give you that call-in number so that you can call in. Thank you very much. You guys are amazing. It was a delight to have you on Marvelous Monday. We thank you so much. Thank you. Enjoy it. Tomorrow, tomorrow we'll have a balloon release uh, in honor of uh, Mr. Floyd. But not and, and just remember, there's a lot of Mr. Floyds out there. But tomorrow is his homegoing day uh, in Houston, Texas. If it wasn't for COVID, we'd be right down there with those Houstonians. Thank you so very much. Mm-hmm. May God bless you, and may God bless the United States of America that we will have global healing in this world. We'll see you next time. Thank you. And now we're going to hear our theme song. Hopefully Miss Rihanna is listening to give us our theme song. And we'll talk to you soon. God bless you. One day when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be out. When the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure, oh, oh, hands to the heavens, no man, no weapon. Formed against, yes, glory is destined. Everyday women and men become legends. Sins that go against our skin become blessings. The movement is a rhythm to us. Freedom is like religion to us. 
justice is juxtaposition in us. Justice for all just ain't specific enough. One son died, his spirit is revisiting us. True and living, living in us. Resistance is us. That's why Rosa sat on the bus. That's why we walk through Ferguson with our hands up. When it goes down, we woman and man up. They say stay down and we stand up. Shots, we on the ground. The camera panned up. King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up. One day when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be out. Oh, one day. When the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure, oh, no. Glory, glory, oh, glory, glory, now the Every man, woman, and child. Even Jesus got his crown in front of a crowd. They march with the torch. We gon' run with it now. Never look back. We done gone hundreds of miles. From dark roads, heroes, to become a hero. Facing the league of justice. His power was the people. Enemy is lethal. A king became regal. Saw the face of Jim Crow under a bald ego. The biggest weapon. It's to stay peaceful, we sing, our music is the cuts that we bleed through. Somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany. Now we right the wrongs in history. No one can win the war individually. It takes the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy. Welcome to the story we call victory. The coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory. One day, when the glory comes, it will be Good night. Mm-hmm. 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 